Loved, hosted by yours truly, Pastor Seth Lewis. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. This is the day that the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. Welcome. Thank you for joining me again. You are in my prayers. You are in my thoughts. It is my prayer that God would enrich your lives day by day, whatever your circumstances are. My deep-hearted prayer is that God would bring revival to this world that he would pour out his spirit upon us and that we would reflect his love to a world that needs hope. Before I get started, I want to pray and then I'm going to share a song with you and then I'm going to get right into the message that I have for you today. Lord Jesus, I pray that you would be with us in every way. I pray, God, that you would strengthen us that you would pour out your spirit upon us and revive us, O God. We love you, we thank you, and we praise you today in Jesus' name. Amen. i 
pray for revival. We pray that God's Spirit inhabit us in such a way that we are pouring out the light of God into a world that is in darkness. We see it all around us. We have opportunities in every direction to shine the light of God and to be revived in our hearts and in our minds by the Holy Spirit is essential for bringing the message of God's love to this world. And revival does not come unless we humble ourselves under the mighty hand of God through prayer, through submission in obedience to Him and to His Word. We begin in Romans chapter 5, verses 1 through 5. I begin here because I believe that it is a process in us that the examples that we set in this world come directly from the experiences that we have in our own lives that shape who we are as a person of Christ Jesus, a son of the living God. So I begin this message on revival of the heart with Romans chapter 5, verse 1 through 5, because I believe that it is a process of trusting in Him first and foremost, through all the things that we go through in this life, knowing that it is producing in us greater resources to be able to touch this world for His namesake. So beginning in verse 1 in chapter 5 of Romans, Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom also we have access by faith into this grace in which we stand and rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. And not only that, but we also glory in tribulations, knowing that tribulations or troubles produce perseverance, and perseverance character, and character hope. Now hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who was given to us. Here is the process of us becoming children who reflect the love of God in this world. 
First, we as Christians will have tribulation in this world. We will suffer in this world by having trials of our faith. Those things that are conflicting in us. Those battles of the flesh that war against the spirit that most of the time we do not understand, but we come out of them more aware of God's righteousness, more aware of his mercy and grace upon our lives, and we come out with a more useful resource in touching the world for him because we have experienced the world just as everyone else who does not know Jesus has experienced it. We can validate their experiences by the experiences that we have. And that is where true revival of the heart and mind come through our experiences of failure, of tribulation, of persecution, of insecurities, of anxiety, depression. You name it, when we've experienced it, we have experienced things that the world experiences and we can shine light on it. Because we have the light of God that is truth in a world filled with lies. That is the hope that we have. And here Paul is relaying a process. Saying that tribulations produce patience or perseverance. That those things that we go through in life are producing in us patience. Patience for what? Or patience with whom? I believe that it is being patient with God and the work that he is doing here, though we do not see him with our eyes or hear him with our ears. We know that he is working and that he is like a farmer waiting for the precious fruit of the earth and having long patience for it till he what? Receives the early, that's the beginning, and the latter, that's the end, rain, until he reaps the harvest. So tribulations or the things that we go through in life that are conflicting produce in us patience. And that patience produces in us a godly character. A character grounded in God and that is patient because now we have the wisdom of God in us. We have the knowledge of God in us that tells us that God is patient. That tells us that God is working. And that his work is perfect. His calculations in his work are perfect. Always coming out to the right sum. And that character that we have, that strong godly character that is produced in us by the patience that we have in this life day by day brings forth a hope in us that then we in turn give to the world. We don't keep it only for ourselves. Our hope is that we have a kingdom in Christ Jesus that we will one day inherit. But while we are on this earth showing how Jesus Christ is relevant to them now, in the here and now, they can't see with their eyes heaven, neither can we. How can we expect them to have hope in something that we can't even see? And yet we believe it with all of our hearts and our minds. And we go forward in this world as soldiers doing the work of a soldier. Fighting the battles in a foreign land. Always longing to go home. 
but knowing that there has to be an end to the mission before that happens. How can we expect those who don't have hope in Christ to foresee a future of heaven if we're not providing for them relevance in the present time? Jesus is relevant in this time. And that is where revival will come is when we as Christians show this world how Jesus is relevant to them. True revivals of the heart are lasting because the revived move on from the feelings of excitement to the commitment of doing what is pleasing to the Lord no matter how they feel or what uncertain circumstances exist in their lives. Collectively, that means together as a body of individual people, Revivals that have changed the world have only lasted when there was a wholehearted commitment to walking in God's ways by all those who were involved. Revival, the very word revival means to have a renewed attention to or interest in something. There is nothing wrong with being excited or refreshed by good feelings and emotions. Those often prompt us to action. There is, however, a big difference in only being excited by something and then moving forward to experience it in its totality. There is a distinct difference, say, in waiting in line for a roller coaster ride and actually getting on it to ride it. Or being excited to purchase a new car and actually going to the dealership and putting the money down on it. There is a very big difference in thinking about something or doing something and then actually doing it. When a person moves with the anticipation of experiencing the very thing they are waiting for, the weight will fill each step-by-step moment with a belief and confidence that goes far beyond fear and inhibition. I'll use the same analogy of the roller coaster. As a child looking at a really big roller coaster and anticipating the fun of getting on that ride and experiencing it for the first time, there is still fear and inhibition there because there has been no experience to attach to that longing to ride it. All that person knows is that it looks fun and that other people are laughing and smiling But then there are those few that are seen throwing up or terrified. And so there's always that fear and inhibition about taking risk. And yet that anticipation of experiencing that thing that that person may be waiting for trumps any fear or inhibition that one may feel. Hopefully, and I believe this is true with Christians, hopefully the weight is worth all the excitement you showed in anticipation of the results. Meaning when you have bought that car and you actually love the car that you bought, all that you waited for for that moment of buying that car has culminated in something that is worth all the excitement you showed before you had it. Or getting on to that roller coaster ride for the first time you know that the excitement that you showed while waiting for it was worth it because now you keep on running back 
to the end of the line to get on it again and ride it over and over again because now you see just how fun and beneficial it was to you. And that's just talking about something of the world that's used for recreation. I'm talking about real life things here, the relevance of Jesus Christ in all men and women's lives. We who are Christians who have great anticipation for our God to return, and yet Him having relevance in our lives here, He is the very structure of who we are. He is the foundation on which we walk day by day in this world. He is our life giver. He is the blessings that we have in this world. And all the things that appear curses to us are Him making something more valuable of us because He is producing in us patience, character, and hope. With God's promises for our future, there will be no disappointment. Our every step-by-step moment in this world is an order of faith and commitment that grows and produces fruits of righteousness that are nourished by trials of faith and cared for with God's truth. As long as we live before Him in truth, there will never be a need for us to fear condemnation or destruction. Never. Our end is going to be right. Our end and our expectations for our end are going to be real in Him. And they are going to manifest to us in the right way, in a good way, in a joyful way. Never should we anticipate condemnation or destruction when we are in the hands of God. Only blessing. Only reward. Not because of things that we have done, but because what He has done in us. It is the gift of God. That is the relevance of Jesus Christ here on earth, is that we couldn't, in all of our lifetime, obtain what He has given us as a gift. It is a reward that He is giving to us, just as a father wants to bless his children with gifts That is what God has done for us because He loves us. Relevance for today, isn't that enough that the great God of heaven loves us and that there is no one that can pluck us out of His hand, that He is always going to bless us and even when we seem like we are cursed, He is always going to make it work together for our good because we love Him. He desires truth in our inward parts. That's Psalm 51, 6. He desires truth in our inward parts. Revival will not come among us until there is truth in our inward parts and we are conveying that truth to not only God Himself but each other, always walking in the light of God. The absolute truth about us is that there is nothing perfect in us We have all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Romans chapter 3 verse 23. We have all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. He had the great foresight to see it and provide a way for us to be good in Him. That way being Jesus Christ, Him crucified, 
him risen again and seated at the right hand of the Father. Like the city of Nineveh in the day of Jonah the prophet, we can have a revival in our hearts every day and recommit ourselves to the right way. Whether you are young or old, rich or poor, sick or healthy, you, beloved children, can commit yourself again to God and His right way. We are beloved children who God desires to love and guide through the trials of our faith so that when fire tests us, we will come forth as pure gold. No one can accuse us before God, not even Satan who actually does accuse us before God. But no one can accuse us before God when Christ Jesus' blood is upon us and succeed in convincing God that we are unworthy. God always sees us as worthy when we stand before him in truth, in spirit and in truth, having Christ Jesus' blood upon us. God is convinced at all times that we are worthy to approach his throne of grace. No one can accuse us before God when we keep ourselves continually before his throne of grace. Trust that even in the troubles and failures of your life, God will revive you again when you call on him with a true heart of repentance. And that speaks to you who do not think that you have sins to confess to God, and yet God sees all of who you are and he knows that there are imperfections in you at all times. And that is why at all times you need to be in his light and need to be revived by his Holy Spirit so that you can be an effectual worker for the gospel. Trust. One more time, I have to say it. Trust that even in the troubles and failures of your life, God will revive you again when you call on him with a true heart of repentance. He wants to restore you. Matthew chapter 11, verse 28 through 30. Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Can we set aside the seemingly unstable times and seasons that unease our hearts and trust in him who upholds all things by the word of his power? Can we set aside those things that ail us, that annoy us, that frustrate us, that confound us, can we set those things aside and trust in him, him who holds all things together by the word of his power? When the feelings of revival pass, and this is important for us as a church, not just Carver Church, but all those who call themselves Christians, this is the most important thing when the feelings of revival or those good feelings that you feel when you're okay pass, 
we must move forward with the resolve that what he has promised, he is able also to perform. Be revived in your hearts and minds by God's unwavering promises, but know that responding to him with consistent action, obedience, is more valuable to him than a response to emotions. God desires you to respond to him with trust and obedience. Just like the old hymn, Trust and obey, for there's no other way to be happy in Jesus, but to trust and obey. Know this, that responding to Jesus Christ with consistent action and obedience, with trust, with the foundation of trust, is more valuable to him than a response to emotions. Let us pray together, collectively together and individually, humbly before our God that he would raise us up and that he would inspire us to bring revival again to this world. For the name of Jesus Christ is powerful. The name of Jesus Christ has substance backing it. All the salvation of God is contained within that name, Jesus Christ. And so let us hold high the banner of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so, you, Christian, let us partner together in bringing revival back to this world in his name. And it is in your name, Lord Jesus, we confess and we pray and we give you our lives forever and ever. Amen.